1: Listeners, before you listen any further, please be aware that from the outset we will be spoiling every part of Blade Runner 2049. So, before you carry on listening, please, if you haven't already, please watch the film and then return and listen because I'd hate to spoil anyone's enjoyment. Hope you enjoyed the show. Thanks. Hello and welcome to episode 27 of AI Movie Night. I'm your host, Joe Simpson, and tonight I'll be joined by two great guests to discuss Blade Runner 2049. The first guest I'm joined by is Rory Greenfield, co-host of the excellent AI comic pod and AI Spotlight. How are you, Rory?
2: Yeah, I'm good, thanks, mate. I I don't know if you need to say the second one, because I haven't done one of those for about six months. (laughs) (laughs) Um, (laughs) I did once talk about football, but it's it's been far too long, unlike our other
1: guests. (laughs) Well, we're we're eagerly awaiting its return, mate. We're eagerly awaiting
2: its return. Maybe one (laughs)
1: day. I'm also lucky enough to be joined by Trev Downey, who, as Rory's just hinted at, has been doing a, a hell of a lot of brilliant work on Anfield Index, doing things like the Anfield Index podcast,
0: the interview, and the excellent Moby on the Spot podcast. How are you, Trev? Yeah, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, Thanks very much to you both for
1: coming back. Uh, Obviously, we covered Blade Runner last time and now we're just going to give our thoughts really on Blade Runner 2049 and what we thought of that. So the first obvious question really, Trev, is uh, did it live up to, and for anyone who didn't listen to the previous pod, I think we all had really high expectations. So did did it live up to those for you, Trev?
0: It, absolutely. Uh, and a bit more. And um, that's saying quite a lot because, as you know, a source of, of tremendous contention for myself and Rory is we haven't gotten the chance to see, see it for a second time yet. Um, and I, I, I keep hearing from people whose opinion I respect that it gets better and better with repeated viewings. And that would make a lot of sense. But listen, str- Straight out the out the uh out the gap, I'd have to say it was marvelous, and I went full kind of cinema wanker on it, and I sat down on one of those recliner seats at the right at the front, and uh, my little my little swivelly table, and I was lost uh, in a, in that world for the the quite long running time, which we'll come back to later on. But everything everything was a success visually. It's beautiful. I think the story's wonderful, and um and the soundtrack didn't disappoint either. So yeah, yeah, it's 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 absolutely lived up to the expectations. I think.
2: And what about you, Rory? Yeah, I mean, I'd I'd obviously quite hyped it uh, on the previous pod and and in general building up to it and and yeah, it did. I, I it wasn't what I expected in a really good way actually, um, because it's and I don't know we'll talk about it in detail, but it's it's a different kind of pace to to the other film. Um, it's obviously a much longer film, which is is quite significant, um, but the character the character arcs and the the style, I mean the style is incredible um, but it's not and it's not just visuals. I think a lot of people come out of the film just going, oh visually it's incredible and it did this, that and the other but it's got a really good story and it's extremely well acted and, and all the things we talked about in the first one in terms of the way it's shot is, is excellent because it's got all the lighting elements and it's it's got the foreshadowing stuff and all the clever things and um, yeah, it, it really did blow me away. I think I watched it in IMAX and um i don't know if i i didn't stop thinking about it for about a week after i saw it um that was about five weeks ago so we'll see how we get <laughs> on <you know. laughs> but, but it, yep. you know, it does stay in your brain though there are elements of it that do stay with you it's a it's a very very
1: clever film yeah No. I, i'd echo both your thoughts there i think uh, I, I, I particularly like that that you've highlighted there rory about I think it'd be very easy for someone from the outside to maybe see the trailer or, or or any other footage of the film and just think, oh, maybe that's all it is, you know, just a beautiful film. Don't get me wrong, it's very hard to do a beautiful film, but there's there's so much more to it than the beauty. As you've both said, it's thought-provoking. You know, You know, like the first film, it's got some really big and interesting themes, but it's also sadder times and and it also has some really good action as well so it's got it's got a bit of everything if, if you're patient enough to you know sit with it and and just enjoy it unfolding what about you know obviously it's returning to that world established in the original rory did did it did it feel true to that world and the and and the characters that were established in the first one
2: yeah it did it felt like an evolution of of, of what's gone on and obviously it's Or 35 years later so you weren't going to get the same you know if a director had gone in and just tried to portray it as a direct sequel um with the same kind of styling as the original it it wouldn't have felt new and different and i think it had enough elements of being different and, and original um whilst retaining that kind of gritty feel i mean it it doesn't stop raining again, which is what happened in the original. Um, and it's got that kind of dark elements to it. It's got some more polished areas. It's obviously... I think it visits a little bit more. Obviously, the sets and the design and the magnitude of it feels a little bit on a bigger scale, especially with a Vegas kind of sequence. Um, and that's what kind of makes it feel different. Um, but, yeah, I think it, I think it does... The right elements and, and and it's kind of thing you want to see more of but you kind of know that maybe that's not going to happen given what we're talking about with how it's performed at the box office mm-hmm. what about yourself trev did
1: how did it feel true to that world to you did you feel you were still in that same you know that same place just obviously 30 years on
0: yeah and uh, actually one of the most interesting things about the whole thing was i felt like it enhanced what was previously wonderful you know the 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 um the cityscapes uh, are are just as as striking uh you know you go to las vegas uh, you've got this sort of beautiful decrepitude and all these you know very kind of uh you know ominous looking statues and 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 it it I loved getting out of the city. I thought it was fantastic. That really that really kind of tickle tickled my 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 uh my my happy spot there because it was just I just thought, oh it's just beautiful. And it reminded me of all the other sci-fi that I love, you know, um and uh, you know, Mega City One type echoes as you go outside the walls into this vast expanse of sort of irradiated sort of uh you know, lost land. And you know, that I loved the um the sequence that's set in in, in Vegas. In a, in a in a shambles that was Vegas it's, I thought it was beautiful and yeah of course i think you know i think um um zimmer and, and 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 walfish do a good job um of of echoing elements of of that Vangelis score which is so important to the first film uh, without ever really getting to that point i i think it really suits uh the the new movie because the new movie has elements and uh, uh that are different to that original like like rory said it's i was surprised too and 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 I think that's a really good point that he makes like in a diff- in a way that I didn't expect it to be um it was it was it was prettier and more interesting uh than I could have hoped to be honest yeah no, uh,
1: again some of you see it both uh, I love the fact that we got to see outside, outside that city. And we got to see, you know, some of the sorts of, I don't know what they'd call it, farmland or, or uh, the sort of the, the countryside area and also another city as well. And I think like you both touched on, I think it, it, it adds to the first one for me because, and you also got to see more daylight and things like that. And I think because of those elements, it makes the first one seem part of a a genuine, real, wider world. Whereas when you're watching the first one, it's so centred in in that city. Obviously, it talks about other places and obviously space and things, but it's so centred in that city. So I think to have it sort of, adding to that and expanding on it and so that you can when you're watching the first one again you you can have in your head of what's what's beyond that city i think that's really really valuable that it's added to that and i also think as well what it did really well is um you know it still feels like it's in that world but obviously you, you don't see you know you don't see that hard until really late in the film and personally, I don't know what you guys felt, but that didn't. It was that good in its own right. That I, I, you know, I was obviously I was happy to see him, and I knew it was coming. But it didn't, you know. I was still enjoying the film massively. Whereas, you know, there was a danger I I could have went to see and it'd been all about you know when will when will Death Hard turn up? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Yeah. I
2: I was worried as well a little bit how they bring him in, you know, because. When you're that deep into the film, you think, oh, Christ, are they just? Is it going to be a cameo? Do you know what I mean? Is he just going to be yeah. in the film for ten minutes, um, and he's just uh, he's just a point of interest for the the main kind of overarching story? But um, I think they gave him enough time and enough plot um, to, to make him extremely relevant, but also not the centre stage, which which is 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 a smart thing to do because it did need to be new um we've we we know his story and his story is is one that's extremely told and and obviously there's still elements to define from that which we probably never know the answer to but um it it's it's yeah it's extremely clever how they introduced him and and gave him enough to work with without taking over i think but I it's in the- afford to take over
0: yeah, and it's a nice cameo too, though, isn't it? If you're going to look at it as a cameo, like it, it's that extended period that he's in, he does kind of anchor the the, the tail end of the film. You know, it, yeah. it it becomes his story towards the end, and and it, it funnels back towards him, which I really liked. I thought that was a really nice payoff for people who are obsessed with the original and 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 had that anxiety about seeing him that you mentioned there. You know, but you know, again, Joe, as you were talking, it was something that that struck me. You were talking about the farmland. There's something about the the bleakness that just sort of infuses everything. I mean, you know, that as far as I could see, what, what Dave Bautista, the, the farmer, is doing is sort of is he is he, he seems to be harvesting some sort of grubs or something for protein. Yeah. I mean yeah, that's just a about as, farm I think. Yeah, yeah that's just about as bleak as it gets. You know, it's not exactly it's not exactly picnic baskets and 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 uh, and, and and you know <laughs> pick, uh, your,
2: pick your own strawberries. Yeah,
0: pick your <laughs> <but> own strawberries <laughs> exactly it's, it's not exactly it's not exactly middle class weekend holiday farming. It's, 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 no,
1: no one's gonna take a gap year to go and do that. <laughs> I, I mean. n- there,
0: there, will be no dreadlocked trust affairs the <laughs> there whatsoever.
1: <laughs> no, th- and and that, that that's another thing as well uh, uh, about that as I think that adds to it because to me, although he's only in it, I think his name's Morton, if Never recall correctly. He's only in it for a short, uh, obviously a short period, Batista. But I think because of how sort of bleak and simple as as life looked at that point. It, and, and his performance, I thought he was really good in a little time. He had. Uh, it, it was so sad that that was all he had. That was the only life he had was, as you say, harvesting grubs. Yeah. And it was just about to get yeah, stuffed that's, out. That's By the guy who's line. meant to be the hero of the film as well. How brave that? Could have lost yeah. you at the outset because we had no reason to really you know, have any bad feelings towards but Batista and I I think it's a credit to as well as the writing and the director, probably in Ryan Gosling's charisma that I certainly stayed with him even after he basically, you know, killed, you know, someone for for up for nothing other than existing really. And you know, obviously in the first one we get to see a lot of the characters showing, you know, we hear about the dark side, but we didn't really know anything about him. And I just thought it was a very, very
2: brave place to start. It was, the it film. was bold. Yeah. yeah. I, I I thought that too. It, it, I think that's what initially watching it kind of took me completely out of it because it's a completely different landscape, which we, you weren't expecting. Um, and then the kind of, kind of violence of it all is. It, yeah, it did. And, and like you said, uh, Dave Patista he's, I don't know why why this guy is is such a good actor that he, he gets quite small parts obviously he's quite big in Guardians. Um but he's got a small role in, in in the Bond film and he's getting other gigs and um he's he's an important character in it because he he's the kind of he's obviously the front end of the story and the pivotal elements about finding out that there was a, a replicant born, you know. Um and it was vital they got that beginning right, but like you said, Joe, it's it's quite shocking how they give you Kay's character as a as a violent killer almost immediately, with the other elements that he's got. Yeah, it it, it gives him layers, which uh, you know, for a guy that plays it quite emotionless for the for the most part of the film, is 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 very clever because you it's. It's very well done from... I think the whole way through this film, like you said, the beginning is is very pivotal in this, but it's a very... I don't think there's a beat wrong in this film in, in that style of of acting from any of the actors. Actually, I'd say I think it's cast ex- extremely perfectly.
0: But it does put you on the back foot as well that scene because you're kind of um, it it dominated th- the the trailer. If you if you recall, it was kind of yeah. like you know okay, so this is going to be an action movie. Is that what we're getting here? And as you say, you get a certain picture of what Kay is. But you know, um, uh, Bautista's character has that wonderful. Um, um, a sapper. He has that wonderful line, which actually keeps echoing then through the film about you know uh, he, can, he can he can he can he does what he does because he's never seen a miracle, uh, which I loved you know because that's that's the, the the core of the whole story then and and it's almost like a throwaway line that you don't quite fasten onto it just remains in the back of your head as you're watching the movie and then it sort of pans out. Yeah, it's it sort
1: of as well to me in a way. It kind of um, echoes Roy Batty's end quote in a way because his thing is you know i've seen things you people wouldn't believe you know these eyes have seen these special things all around the universe and now in a different way as you say sapper is is saying i've seen something as he said a miracle something truly special and if you had you wouldn't be able to do what what you're doing and it you know it obviously that that does it does have that effect when he learns what's happened. It does start to change him. And now just just, just really interesting and really great way to start the film. Obviously, one of the big things that have come out of this film is, you know, despite, you know, almost universal critical praise and, you know, feedback from the people who I've seen who've went to see it. I haven't heard anyone who's seen it, really, who's had a bad word to say about it. I know there's some on the internet people who think it's boring and things like that, but most people I've spoke to in my own life loved it. I'm just wondering why do you think it failed at the box office, Trev?
0: Well, I think um, Vilma himself is pretty honest about it. He, Like he says, I, I read an interview where he said basically, you know, the, the 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 critics were so kind that he'd never had such a reception I think critically to any film which when you consider his uh, particular role of honor you know that's that's quite a statement but I think, you know, he says maybe it's because people weren't familiar enough with the universe, the fact that the movie's long, and he kind of throws that away at the end. But that is really a huge part of it. I know when I went to see, just anecdotally from my own experience of going to see it, that I, you could tell it was losing some people around me, you know. And he, That's even with me in my bubble trying to concentrate only on the screen. You know when you're aware that people are fidgeting and moving and stuff like that. And, you know, the person that, you know... A couple of people around me you could see weren't really uh, engaged by it because I think you're looking at a, at a, a society of people now. If you're under a certain uh, age group or if you're of a certain frame of mind, the attention span is quite difficult to hold. Now, if the beat of this movie, the the the, the pacing of it is very, very slow and deliberate and it goes against almost every other movie you're going to see in the so-called action or sci-fi vein, where there's stuff blowing up, there are cities collapsing left, right and centre around you, everything's uh, razor-sharp, cut, cut, cut. This is, by comparison, ponderous, and I loved that about it, but I think an awful lot of people didn't, and I think that's at the heart of it, Joe, I really do. Yeah,
1: no, it's definitely a massive fact. What about yourself, Rory? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely,
2: I mean the runtime is, is a clear issue because it it wasn't played in as many cinemas. Um, it couldn't be because the fact that, you know, with credits and trailers and everything else, it's well over three hours long, um, which it's very hard for someone to consider going to a film if it's not the weekend, particularly, or setting aside that amount yeah. of time. And I went to see it on the Friday night uh, when it came out and, I was, I think I was in the cinema till after midnight, you know, it, it, and it was quite a late showing. So I don't think you'd consider that for a, a weekday, whereas someone might go to see a two hour film. Um, I've been talking about that a little bit on Twitter and various things and still try and get my head around why it's still not got a little bit more in terms of audiences, because the buzz around films does help. I mean, it it, it seriously does. A lot of people do go and see films based on the critical response uh, based on the hype from you know podcasts like The Empire, which gave it a load of praise and and quite rightly, and and then there was a lot of interviews and then there was marketing. You know, it, 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 there's billboards and adverts and you know the stars Gosling and Harrison Ford were on daytime TV and Greg Norton and all those kind of shows. So I you know it it, it is surprising. And then I thought, okay, it, it's got to be to do with the fact that nobody knows. Blade Runner, the original, if they may be younger than a certain age, unless they're extremely into films. A lot of people going into this have gone, maybe I'll watch the original before I see this. And I was like, well, yeah, you should. (laughs) You know, it's kind of important. Um, But they don't... It's The the original film, albeit it has this cult, cult status, it's still not seen broadly. It's not got the kind of... You know, and there's even films like Mad Max, which... I think it's quite a good thing to relate to because that had a huge gap from, you know, Fury Road and then obviously Mad Max 3, Thunderdome one, um, which was our, I don't know, 80s. Um, but Mad Max Fury Road did exceptionally well, obviously won a load of Oscars, but, um, but got, got a load of critical acclaim as well. Um, similar amount of marketing budget, you know, wasn't heavily in your face everywhere you went, but it, it maybe had a two-hour runtime. It had a bit of word of mouth. It had some buzz behind it. And I think Blade pace. Runner. Yeah, and the pace is—it's—it's it's a non-stop film. It's—it's it's complete pace. Um, and I think coming out of this, you'll get people like me recommending Blade Runner to other people. But then, you won't get everybody. I—I I don't think it's a film that is discussed a lot because it's—it's it's not an easy film to discuss in a lot of ways. You can't come out and say, "Oh yeah, this was great and that was great," because people unless they've seen it, they won't get it, if that
0: makes sense, you know? That's, um, depre- that's depressing though, isn't it, Rory? I mean, that's that's entirely depressing oh, about yeah. about this, the this state of freaking modern discourse that we can't, oh, we can't, no. we can't the, you just knock around a few slightly complex ideas if it's not boom, bang, uh, you know, um, oh, look at, no, she's got no clothes on, you know, it's ridiculous stuff, really. Yeah. The le- it is. I, I think that what you, what you mentioned there, I think the word of mouth thing actually worked probably against because you do get, you know, people recommend movies to each other or don't I think a huge amount of people would have gone to that and thought yeah no boring not for me too long Uh, uh, despite all the, the, the critical acclaim and it's interesting I don't know what either of you two think but I think it might have a life like the other one did down the line because it's such a wonderful film because it is objectively a wonderful film, in my opinion, I think it will live on and, and have, you know, that success down the line as well in terms of just, I I would imagine the DVDs for this will go through uh, and downloads and all that will go through the roof. I would imagine I, I could be wrong.
2: Yeah, no, no, it may well do. I think the problem is that that doesn't really make enough money for a studio to maybe give it a green light to, to make future films. Um, and, yeah. and I, I think maybe Netflix might be bold enough to maybe pick something up. Um, but again, I don't think they have the, the financial clout at this stage, although they are making a $100 million film, um, which is coming out with Will Smith in. But they normally don't have that kind of muscle to pick things up and at and, and, uh, that scale because it is a cinema film. Um, yeah. I think you're right. I think it's one of the films that will go down long term. It'll be a film that people study for its wonderful visual. I mean, if the if the first one hadn't aged in thirty-five years, I don't see how this film ages visually. I mean,
0: it won't, visually, it, won't. It,
2: it can't. I mean no, it you can't. know it it, 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 it you know you can't get better visuals now than this. This feels like an avatar yeah you know it is what it is but visually that knocks things out of the, the park ten years ago or whenever it was yeah. now. And people were you know, that doesn't feel that age. If that was on a cinema now with the IMAX and all the three D and all the stuff that went into it, that would hold up extremely well. Something like this is a cut above that and it will it won't get old. And and I think only TVs which will improve in whatever, you know, they, they you know the visual elements and stuff will will just make it look better. I I don't uh yeah. So I, I and, and I think the story I think the story deserves the patience you need to put into it. I think if you give it your full attention, then it it reaps all the rewards it it should do. You know, um, yeah. but I can imagine people don't. I mean, when do people sit in a cinema and not look at their phone or whatever nowadays? You know, when people sure. at a gig and and don't pay attention to the band the entire time, or you know, and I understand it it depends on the environment, but this is it is a long film. It's it, you know, people aren't. If they went in pre-adverts, it's well over three hours, and people just aren't used to giving things that kind of attention. Um, yeah, no. It's it's yeah, it's rare and and unfortunate that people don't give it. I, I wanted it to succeed box office because I can see how much work and effort and love and care and attention's gone into it. You you can feel that when you watch this film. So I do find it a little bit sad to be honest.
1: Yeah, same here because you. As you both touched you, on, you you don't get me wrong, I love so many of the other films as well. You know, I did, yeah. every type, now, obviously, I know we, we all do, but I want there to be films of this type too. And it's sad that it hasn't made back enough to make more studios want to commit to this type of thing. But I'm glad it got made because it's there forever now. But it is a pity. And I think the, the probably the other thing to add in is we all love the original, so we're probably already gonna have more patience than maybe someone who's, who's never seen the original and just thinks i'll give this a try we're already massively intrigued by that world and uh, and, and have an affinity with it and i uh, you know maybe we wouldn't have stuck with it as patiently without that i think we'd have all still loved it but i think if there's anybody who's maybe you know more more you know, more in the middle about what they were going to think about this film, they might have not gave it as much of a chance without having that love, so it, it is a pity. Obviously you touched on then what it looked like, and obviously it sounded amazing as well. Rory, do you have any particular thoughts on the look or sound of the film?
2: Um, I think the sound, I think the soundtrack worked extremely well, it was quite subtle, it wasn't quite as ranging as the original film but it it worked extremely well Mm -hmm. i think the sound editing is i think it'll win technical oscars because of the way it's edited the way it's shot those kind of things that you know i think you could hear a pin drop and and hear it perfectly in this kind of film it it was extremely clever um and i thought every location had a a kind of distinct kind of difference to it um which which you know in, in in the sound element which is quite rare um in terms of the way it looks, we discussed, obviously, the, the kind of landscapes. The city itself is is incredible. Um, the visuals, the kind of holograms, the advertising, all the kind of neons and stuff we loved from the original are there, but in, you know, in HD, essentially. You know, it's it's so much, it's so impressive. And then all the subtle elements. I mean, his his virtual girlfriend, I mean, That technology, the way she's shot, is just unreal, Uh, just unbelievable. Um, And then we we said about the grittiness on the crop elements. The orphanage as such, you know, where all the kids are working. Um, I loved all that, the kind of junkyard, kind of, um, again, that kind of gritty element of the city. Um, And the building, which I can't remember who Jared Leto's character is. Wallace. But his, yeah, but he's kind of headquarters as such. You know, um, a couple of scenes when Kay's there interacting with the, the psychobot. Um, I'm not <laughs> sure what she's called, but you know what I mean. Um, yeah. <laughs> and those scenes, when they pan out and those kind of visuals, quite reminiscent of the, uh, parts of the, the first film, actually, um, but yeah. but really well done. And then the Vegas kind of scene with the uh, kind of casino floor and the, the um, Elvis – holograms and stuff that was just ace so yeah yeah, i was mind blown really by the visuals it honestly it's just next level really is i couldn't agree
0: more on yourself trev yeah speaking of, of next level visuals I'm actually reminded of something you guys were ta- chatting about there a couple of minutes ago and you were talking about you know uh, TVs what 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 the hell will they be in 10 or 15 years time but you know you were talking about what does this movie deserve I think it deserves to be watched on one of those Frank Sinatra uh, oh. you know hologram things <laughs> that's, that's where he was. I actually I mean that, that, for all the you know impressiveness um, that was uh, to be seen you touched on loads of it there Rory you know I mean you it's like it's like I said before. It's this kind of beautiful, decrepitude, and and, and uh, it's kind of awesome as well. In a way that you know, I love that. I, there's something there's something about uh, the of about magnitude that always kind of always gets me. I don't know. It's, it's it's the little kid in me. But I loved those uh, collapsed and half bits of statues that were just sticking up oh, out of sand in Vegas. And, you know, I I love I loved all that. I just loved the framing of everything. Um, but like I say, for me, what kind of held it all together was you had the echoes of that kind of neon uh, beauty that was in the original. But, you know, like you have both said, it, it panned away from there. And like, like I was saying earlier on, you got out of the outside the walls of Mega City 1, if you like, and you got to see, uh, you got to see other places, which I think... Did a real service to, the, to that universe and expanded it a little bit. Now, there's a lot of talk. I, I think both of you are kind of hinting at it there about, you know, whether or not there could be something else as a result of this. Uh, and, you know, I'm, I, I don't know. I think it does, it did around 260 odd and cost about something like 160 to 180. It's 100 million is not profit worth making. It's quite interesting. But there you go. That's that's what's deemed a, a failure. I, I suppose, look, for me, I, I, I think, Everything about it is success, Is a success. And what I was most worried about and what I was most excited about, I think I said in the last show, what's, what would it sound like? Um, in terms of, 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 of the score. And I think you can always rely on Zimmer, but I think with himself and, and, and the guy that worked on him with it, ben, Benjamin Walfish, there was a lot of echoes, which were lovely uh, little sort of little memory, uh, joggers, but it was quite its own thing as well. And it very much sort of, it very much, um, painted uh a, a certain atmosphere around everything i think uh, because because of this sort of the 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 low kind of thrumming synthesizer sounds all the time it was it, it had that threat to it all the time and it could it could sort of blow up at any moment And i really like that i like the fact that it was kind of off kilter at times and it was more a collection of noises than any sort of score traditional score i think that really worked well as well
1: totally agree i think i was worried it might borrow too heavily from from the score of the the original i was glad that it it took bits and it clearly bits were influenced by it but it didn't go too far so it had just enough there to, as you say bring back s- s- some of those feelings from the first one and uh, of that world you know that accompaniment to that world but it didn't go too far and as you say it also brought it you know something different to the table as well now going to look at some of the some of the characters and the performances Um what what were your
0: thoughts on the character of k trev and the performance by ryan gosling well, again, initially, this is going to be this was a source of uh, mild anxiety for me. I know you two guys were a lot more convinced about about him. I think specifically Rory was thinking, you know, this, you, know he, he, you know, you you had mentioned uh, Rory, I think, that, you know, for a bit of versatility that I suppose yeah. I hadn't seen because I hadn't seen the full range of what he's been in. Um, but I thought there was something about a kind of slightly. Uh, understated performance that he puts in here that really worked because it was a kind of a slow build in him towards some sort of uh, dawning or emotional dawning, and he has a few kind of flip outs towards the end, which are particularly um, striking because you know you, you, he he is very much that kind of drone figure uh, throughout most of the opening uh, uh, scenes of the of the of the film, and I think I think I think Gosling did did brilliantly in the role. I think I I, I think he was eminently watchable and kind of tread treaded that line where okay we we know what he is from minute one um and we can get behind that but there's there is a little bit of a sparkle in the eye there's that very interesting relationship that he has with joy um um it tells us some things about him and as his story develops you i think i think Gosling does a wonderful job of getting across the fact that this guy like he's like He's like Pinocchio or something, you know. He just he wants to be a real boy, and the 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 way in which the story sort of gradually unravels, I think he responds in kind with his performance, and I was I was really really impressed with him. I have to say. Yeah, no, I I, I
1: thought he was he was he was, a, he was an excellent in the role. What about yourself, Rory?
2: Yeah, I think as just said, I mean the guys. The guy is extremely versatile. I I, I like his comic ability. Um, yeah. The Nice Guys is one of my favourite films of last year. And then he went and did La La Land, which uh, I kind of love it all, loathe it really. He's, he's extremely good in it because he's extremely charismatic. So he's doing things like kind of heavy intent dramas and thrillers. He's doing comedies. He's doing musicals and then he's doing sci-fis. And it's kind of like... He is a blank canvas, as such. Uh, he is one of those actors that he has got a presence because, obviously, you know, most people uh, find a guy attractive, and he, he has that kind of straight uh, appearance that people really appreciate. And he does a lot of the strong and silent stuff. Um, if you've seen Drive and those kind of films, where he doesn't need to say a lot, and he's uh, he's got that kind of presence on screen, and it works extremely well in this role because, like Trev said, he is you know he's a replicant and it's it's clear from minute one and he doesn't play it with any added emotion. He plays it very subtly, which is actually quite hard to do. Actors often overact and add too much in when it's not necessary. And it's quite hard to play that kind of low key role. But then you begin to to care about him and you see those emotional elements coming out. And when you find out it's not him, uh, who's the you know the actual child and the the, the person with an actual real soul as such? You, you're gutted for him. I mean, oh, you, you yeah. care, you genuinely do. or I did, and and obviously the the culminating thing. And this is obviously a spoiler. They show where it's it, he he dies at the end. He, I I cared. I was I was upset for the guy, but I could see that he'd he kind of found some form of redemption in in what he'd done in his life and. Um, Yeah, I thought he played it extremely well. I thought they knew they wanted him and and, uh, Danny Villeneuve knew that early on. I think the the Harrison Ford joke is that he was contacted weeks before Harrison was about a potential (laughs) sequel, which I think is really funny. Um, And you can see why, because he he does play it extremely well. He carries the coat extremely well. He carries the look. Um, But ultimately, he does have that emotional... Element to his performance that, that you need, um, and he, he can turn it on at certain times. It's 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 subtle, but uh, but extremely clever. And I thought he was seeing that he's in almost every scene. um yeah. he, he carries he carries the film really in that regard, and and he's supported extremely well by all the other actors. But I think he's he's brilliant.
1: Yeah. Totally. If he if he didn't want to go, considering he' winning the original if you didn't want to go on that journey with him in this film from the outset, the film wouldn't have had a chance, would it? And, you know, uh, as mentioned earlier, the charisma he he had to make you, you know, want to follow him, despite his first act basically being, you know, killing a guy who is now appears to be a man of peace and is just a, a farmer doing the worst job in the worst place just surviving essentially and because of his performance you 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 go with it and you believe it and i I think what was particularly impressive is he was able to and obviously he's done similar things in the past portray someone believable as as an assassin of someone the size of dave bautista and then but you can also believe how sensitive he is and obviously you know, we're discussing later the, the sensitivity of informing this relationship with Joy and also his increasing sort of sadness and regret of what he is doing and what he's a part of as he, you know, learns about this this replicant child, which obviously he ends up thinking is himself. Um, um, what about um, the, the big worry for me, to be honest, coming into this film was Harrison Ford, I was worried, it's quite stupid now, but you know how the mind can be. I, I was worried that, you know, he might phone it in. I think there were photos that caused a lot of, you know, you know, mocking on Twitter where, like, I think it showed you, you know, a Gosling looking cool as anything, you know, in, in this great outfit. And Ford just had what looked like, you know, jeans and a T-shirt on. And so everyone was like, when their first pictures come out, it was a bit like, You know, as Harrison Ford just turned up, you know, and just to take the money, but you know,
2: fallen out of his plane and just rocked up, you know, (laughs) just from a night before of debauchery and (laughs) drinking and sex and drugs and whatever he's up to, you know, he just doesn't care, does he? He just, he just doesn't care.
1: That was me worrying in a way, which is stupid, really. Obviously, he's a, he's a massive professional, but when you saw that photo without the context of the film, it was a bit like, hold on, you know. It's like dressed on
2: Friday, isn't it? He, he, does look, <laughs> he does look extremely casual in
1: comparison
2: to anyone Obviously, else in this film. You know? Totally, totally. And it makes total sense in the film, but when you
1: first see that photo, you're like, hold on. <laughs> and also, he is at the stage in his career where some of the great, you know, probably the old dudes who, say next extent, take the money and run on the odd film. So that was a worry, but I was really impressed by his performance. Star what Wars. Can done? we
2: say Star Wars? Can we say The Force oh. Awakens? Just quickly. Oh. <laughs> not,
1: not if Gags is going to listen to this. So I don't know. No, nah,
2: that's a good point. He's not, not going
1: to see Blade Runner. That's far too high Gags, <laughs> Gags. Don't worry about that. I'm saying no. <laughs> <laughs> What what what
2: was your thoughts on it, Rory? His oh, was it me? Sorry, dude. Yeah, but um, oh, it's okay. Yeah, no, I, I thought he was good. Um I I think we, we all had reservations didn't we about him from the first mm-hmm. film. Maybe you didn't, Joe. I'm not sure me and Trev. I
1: didn't from the first film, but obviously as I say, with the, the passage of time and things I was concerned yeah. for
2: this. Yeah, I, I gen I thought he was brilliant actually. I thought yeah. his his very brief but important Character arc, you know, dating back to the original and and moving into this one was was extremely well done, and he he, you saw a bit of his his grit that Ford always you know has in him and the character obviously um, always had Deckard from 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 the whole way through, Um, and he's kind of still anti-establishment, you know, and and I like that about him, and he's he's trying to live a peaceful life, but ultimately. You know that the film ends in in the way it, it should in that regard. You know he's it's his story kind of full circle and and it's it's the, there's a couple of very interesting scenes. I think the stuff in Vegas is great. Um, obviously when he meets Gerald Leto's character and um, I thought that was was quite an interesting scene. It's obviously quite important in the film. And then you see that genuine struggle when he's in that kind of culminating kind of fight scene as such you know what I mean action scene um and you you do feel it he, he plays it extremely well and I was quite concerned coming into it that he'd, uh, he'd over over kind of take the film and, and take over it a little bit and I thought he I thought he was really good actually um I think the director really got the best out of Ford which I think directors haven't always done in recent more recent times anyway.
1: Post your free job on linkedin.com
0: slash Spoken today. What about yourself, Trev? Yeah, well, very much like you were saying earlier on. You know, he's he's there in his in his uh, in his in his, his, his saggy t shirt and his 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 his, uh, his uh, old man moves and 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 look, basically, <laughs> basically, Harrison Ford is now your da. That's who he is, that, and that's that's how he acts. And, I wish and, he
1: was my da.
0: Well, <laughs> but like, and that's, I guess what, what I'm saying is, like, you know, Rory said he brought something of what what he has. Like, what he has now and what he's always had is that kind of, like you say, that kind of gruffness about him. But he did have that kind of wry, uh, kind of grin always curling up on the corner of his mouth in this, in this one. And I like that. I think it very much played into his. Uh, comfort zone, and like you know he he looks haggard and he looks and he acts haggard and he moves slowly and the fight scene w- w- was 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 you know wasn 't comical, but it was i thought it was quite realistic you know it was yeah. it was like an elf like, having a go at a guy who's uh clearly um uh, infinitely uh, stronger and all the rest of it. but look i suppose Traffic be like him, me and you are the fight maestro. I know. I know. You, <laughs> you'd be you, the full character. You, you, you'd murder me, man. You'd absolutely destroy. <laughs> me. Yeah, oh, that's that's me. That's, a, that's a given. But but <laughs> I suppose what what what? Look, if you had been if you had been with Callista Flockhart for years, you'd look like that as well. And that's 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 just what happens. You know, that's just what happens to to, to, to older guys. And I think I think. Um, like to touch on what you both said, um, the 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 the, the worry was that it might be, ah, uh, you know, a, a a token sort of a thing, some sort of tokenistic. I think he very much owned the end of the film. I think I think uh, the the narrative spins back towards him as the central character and unifies the whole the t- the two movies together beautifully. And, and I, I think he carries that nicely. I, I have to say. I hope both your thoughts there
1: um, I, I think he was also good at conveying the sort of the sadness and loss of you know he's essentially as he said he's had to be a stranger from from his daughter for, for all those years and he, he he's believably got the grit to do that but also you can see that that sadness of of what it took out of him and you know, I was re- really impressed by
0: his performance. By the way Joe John- Am I right in saying that there's an Indiana Jones project on the way as well? Oh, okay. I'll tell you yes. No. Oh, I, yes. I so believe there is. there is. So, I mean, basically oh. what he's doing is he's just, he's reheating all his old heads. <laughs> <laughs> <system. laughs> is
1: the beef he's, in it? Shia LaBeouf in it?
2: Oh, he's not. He's not <laughs> in it. No. He, well, he's that. gone completely off the reins um, in the best kind of way. He's, he, <laughs> after that, after those awful, Indiana Jones film that came out the the one Whoa. with the aliens and monkeys and whatever the <laughs> fuck happens in that film um, yeah it was one of the worst things I've seen in years and after that came out he, he fell out with Spielberg and that's pretty much falling out with everyone in Hollywood and decided to go off and get arrested and do crazy oh. things he'd probably have a bit of a revival I have seen The <laughs> Honey which is a film he was in last year that got a bit hyped Kind of indie film, and I think he's he's due a little bit of a break. Shy of uh,
0: have, you, have, have you seen that yeah. show from Guy about Air Force Two? <laughs> 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 I would I would I would I would pay lots of money to watch oh, Air Force Dave, especially if you get I, Gar- you know get Gary Oldman back as well.
2: I'd see another fugitive film. I don't care. I'd see. <laughs> oh, i pay yeah. to see a very old Tommy Lee Jones.
0: And you Jesus know. Christ, imagine Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> wasn't trying to run anywhere. No concierge, really old man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of the
2: like, the, you know, the big drop from the dam, it would just yeah. be like, a, it'd be like a drop into a pool <laughs> from a diving board or something they just be really comical two yeah. lads in,
0: in powered wheelchairs going after <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah it Ford off. stretches out like the movable zoomer frame oh, at one God. stage in the film yeah. <laughs> um, yeah I'd pay money for that I don't care they, uh, it's essentially every other film that Morgan Freeman does now is a film based on you know <laughs> older generation <laughs> of actors
0: in Vegas or somewhere living Yeah, they're, all, they're always that one
1: last trip yeah, won't yeah,
0: last. It is. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's us awesome in a couple of years, Guys, don't knock it. <laughs> you know.
1: I think I'm ready for it now. I'm, yeah, I'm not
0: far off with myself, though. <laughs> we,
1: but we, we digress. I'll try and get back to the film, but uh, you guys crack me up. I suppose that possibly my favourite thing in the film, or definitely one of my favourite things, was the, the relationship between Kay and Joy. Do, do you have any thoughts on that, Trev? And
0: yeah, I, I actually, um, in in my attempts to make up for the fact that I hadn't seen, I was reading quite a lot about it over the last while whenever I had a gap, and it was um, I don't know whether it was um, good fortune or bad fortune brought me across two reviews in a row. We were talking about negative uh, portrayals early on, two reviews in a row which were speaking about you know perhaps negative portrayal of women in the uh, in the film, and we spoke about the you know, sort of butter-clenchingly awful, uh, problematic scene in the first movie that we were all a bit kind of, found a bit kind of gross and difficult to deal with. Now it seems as if an awful lot of people have taken and run with a few things um, in this new one. And obviously, private place would be the relationship between Kay and Joy, because Kay clearly has... Joy is clearly bespoke, um, um, designed for Kay's um, particular um, wishes and desires. You know, she can be quiet and demure and housewifely if that's what he wants and kind of upbeat and exciting and let's go, go, go if, if that's what he wants. But she seems to develop some sort of, you know, uh, independence and, and willfulness as a character as well as, as, as she goes along, um, which is an interesting kind of commentary on, on what, you know, I'm, I'm not really sure what they're trying to say about that. Uh, it, one of the major ideas that runs through the film for me, because this is the thing that massively interests me, is this whole idea of transhumanism and robotics and all these things that we are sort of inevitably pointed towards. I've seen read so much about it recently it's kind of to the forefront of my mind. And this idea of this sort of virtual life, this uh, this this artificial intelligence that's kind of like I say a bespoke thing, I don't know. For me, I think some people found it creepy. For me, I've, I I thought it worked with the story. Um, I'm not trying to be naive about how um, some women might might see the overall portrayal of women uh, and the sexualization of them in the film, but for me, I don't think I I thought she was an interesting character. I thought their relationship was quite sweet, if you know what I mean. And I think that was a credit to
1: to all involved that, you know, this, this relationship between, you know, two types of AI, a virtual AI and obviously a, a replicant and when it's, when it's eventually lost, when it's destroyed, you know, I was genuinely sad because of the performances of all involved and how well it was portrayed with
0: obviously the special effects and things like that. So, and yeah, that you know, girl I, Anna, Anna Darmus, she's wonderful. Yeah. I her, Oh yeah, she. I thought she was fantastic. Yeah,
2: she was. She was, she was I was, was going to say she she will be do a, a lot of big roles. I think or, uh, you know a lot of roles following on from this because I think yeah, I think she's a relatively new actress. Um, she's done bits and pieces, but. She's incredible in this. I, I mean, she's mesmerizing, and I know that's the way it was obviously designed in terms of the film and, and the style. But um, her relationship with Kay is, is is subtle enough. It's it's clever. It's interesting. It, it keeps your focus, and and she does evolve as a character, and she does change, and she does make kind of conscious decisions. You know, it's it's. It, I thought she was extremely well acted and, and, and it's an extremely interesting character that that probably brought as much thought provocation out of me as, as anything in the film really um and yeah I mean there's a couple of films in recent years her uh with Joaquin Phoenix in which is the kind of same kind of thing and Ex Machina which is Alicia Vikander they're both really good films if you kind of like this sci-fi style but they're looking at AI and robotics and, and modern reality of, of, of the way that people think the world's going to go in terms of, you know, Japan in particular, you know, countries like Japan who people uh, there's more single people in Japan and no one's having kids and getting married and it's slightly big deal to, to, to Japan as a, as a country um, because people's interests are elsewhere and, and they're a country that's on the edge of robotics, you know, cutting edge of robotics and these kind of things I, I wouldn't say are, are that unreal of what might happen in 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 the not so distant future so
0: but you're dead right they actually they actually are happening Rory. you're actually dead right like there's that cultural phenomenon in japan that the the country you mentioned where there are these these this this generation of younger people who just stay in their rooms and they don't speak to people for years they literally they don't interact you know they go out maybe perhaps at night and on their own very quietly but Uh, that's the way society is headed I mean it's it's not a it's not a it's not a massive stretch to say that there are very real um, uh, ideas people dismiss it as science fiction but as you say we're really on the cusp of this uh, sort of technology and these kind of ideas I think it's really interesting to see them discussed um, to see like the whole like I say that central Pinocchio story of this about the the desire to be human and what it is to be human I think those those questions are massively important especially when you yeah consider where we are at the moment, you know
2: yeah I mean people, and it's no disrespect to anyone i mean i have met people including both yourselves uh from social media and and in terms of you know discussions and things and and made some good friends from it and but you you find that maybe people are doing that more and not making friends and interacting in everyday life, do you know what i mean and and you'll get more and more people living their lives just through a social media platform. And, and that's one step. And, and then it moves into other steps where it's people kind of closed off from uh, social interaction of of, of old. And, and and that'll be the way that things might develop for, for kind of future generations as such. And these films do, you know, the modern thinking, thinking sci-fi films kind of explore those concepts extremely well. Um, and yeah, it is very interesting. This film did, and a couple of other films that the ones I mentioned have, have started to do that in recent years that've just made me think about society and think about the way I think the world is, is going to an extent um, and that's why this film's extremely clever um, in in not just covering the points that a regular film in terms of the plot and, and the narrative and everything would do, but like the original Blade Runner, just kind of getting your mind racing on other other things really.
1: Totally, totally. In fact they linked to what you both said, they're one of my favourite bits of the entire film. Uh, it, it was was the bit where it, it sucks you in and she's you know, Joey's he's gave Joey this present, she can now move outside the, the confines of, of his apartments. And you know, it's so beautiful the rain on on sort of the you know, a virtual form. And then uh, having this romantic moment, as I say, I'm sucked in. I just see joy at this point because it's being done so well as 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 an, another person, not as, you know, this, yeah. you know, possession or whatever it is, you know, obviously we could debate what exactly it is, but not as this sort of product or thing, but as a person. And then his phone goes, and she just freezes, and it's it really shocks you at the time if you've been sucked in because it's like, and obviously it's hard for him because he's feeling these romantic relationships, and it's like, no, this is something where just your phone going can cut this right off, and you know just just so well done, just so well done. But I'm aware yeah, of Mackenzie the time.
2: Davison, nah, Mackenzie Davis in that Mackenzie Davis briefly was really good <laughs> in that scene. She was. She kind of had that kind of punk element that that was from the, the kind of original Blade Runner and the sort of character, albeit brief, was was kind of important. It was it was interesting.
1: Mhm, mhm, and uh, obviously I'm aware of the time here, um, so. I'd just like to ask: Is there anything we haven't touched on that that you'd, you'd like to say before we finish? Any bit you enjoyed, or anything, just anything we might have mentioned, be it a scene or a moment or anything like that. And uh, face it with yourself, please, Rory.
2: I think Robin Wright deserves a, a nod. I thought she was yeah. excellent. Um, I think she had that kind of edge to her, but she she cared for Kay in a way, and that was. That was another relationship, which, which again, prompted other kind of thought processes and stuff, and I thought she was great. Um, and then I can't remember who, who the actress was that played the, the kind of villain, as it would be known. Um, I'm not sure. Jared Leto's uh, character didn't do much for me. He had a couple of very bold scenes, obviously, um, uh, but I don't think they utilized him particularly well. Um, but the kind of chief antagonist, the one that was basically... Um, love Um, yeah yeah Yeah. uh, just she was scary at times she (laughs) she was just um so intimidating and the fact that she cried every time she basically killed someone um and it was that kind of replicant also emotive action i thought was just genius i genuinely did um i thought she was great and yeah i think that the main overall film I think it's an incredible film I think it's an incredible piece of kind of cinema really you don't get films on this scale anymore you don't get films by the occasional Christopher Nolan film or you know there are a couple of other directors that do it and choose to take on the kind of grander scale of cinema and the bolder scale of cinema but this film is just bold and brave and I don't think there's many directors that would have had the idea and see, seen it out in this way. Um, and I think it's a testament to the director and, and the actors and everyone in the production team and everyone involved in it that I just think it's a shame it's not got the short-term acclaim that I, you've got the critical acclaim and it'd probably get the award acclaim but not the kind of, not the footfall which which give it the audience I think it deserves. But ultimately, I think it will live on uh, in, in memory and... in. And, and, and we'll grow on the kind of marketplace like Trev said in in Blu-ray and Four K and hologram and everything that happens in the <laughs> years to come. Yeah, no, totally agree. What about yourself, Trev? Any
0: any final thoughts or anything we might not have touched on that you wanted to mention? Yeah, well I I particular um praise um I think has to go to to, to Vilnov because um I um, – just couldn't be more of a fan of, of, of everything that he's done yeah. really um, I haven't seen the one movie of his that I haven't seen is Enemy I'm looking forward to seeing it just because it, it will complete the the set for me but everything he does I, I've been so impressed with and I thought it was a, there was a lovely story that he tells about you know uh, I think really Scott visited the set one day and he was standing behind him and, 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 and watching things pan out <laughs> and Ed Villeneuve turns around and says uh, uh, who, who are your heroes and, and, and Scott's kind of taken aback back and he says well know uh, Bergman and he says, well, how would you feel if Bergman was standing behind you while, while, while you were sh- trying to shoot, you know, basically his, uh, his, uh, his, his baby? And I thought, you know, I think really hats off to the fella because uh, it's a wonderful, it's a wonderful achievement. And I think if anything, he may have stepped it up in terms of the, the, uh, intelligence of this, this particular film. And, and to that end, uh, w- we haven't even, Grazed across some of the really deep themes. I mean, I loved. Yeah. There was a couple of things I really loved. I, I, there's a couple of little throwaway things I mentioned, just that we could get into so much depth. I love the kind of MK Ultra nonsense that uh, K has to go through every time he comes back in. That sequence oh, of question, question, yeah. question. That's
1: what I was going to mention.
0: I I love that. It, 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 it was, yeah, exactly. Like, it, like, 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 like a flip the void camp around. It was, I love that. But my favorite scene, I have to say, was, well, one of my favorite scenes was that one with, with, as, as, as Rory mentioned, with Robin Wright's character, Joshi. I thought she was just, I thought she was a class character, really well portrayed. I love the idea of this sort of ballsy female. Uh, 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 police uh, uh, captain or general or whatever the hell she was but I love that line uh, the little interaction between them where Kay says look I've never retired something that was born and you know um, he says you know to be born is to have a soul and, and yeah. this Kay you know searching for a, a meaning in his life like I said full Pinocchio moment and Joshi just kind of dismisses him you know and she says like you can get along fine without a soul you don't need a soul in this line of work and I thought oh, that's that's such a Hard boiled Noir classic line. I <laughs> yeah, it felt I just from it loved the one. Oh, it's beautiful. Oh, it was, yeah.
1: No, it was, a, it was a it was a fantastic exchange that and I think it's you know, as you say, the the questions it raises about, you know what 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 is it to have a soul and you know, A does it matter, is there such a thing, you know, would it be in that world? Is it just being born, you know, the you know is joy, you know. If if you know what is it to be human, is you know you've got a virtual human who's in entirely in virtual form. You've got this replicant, uh, you know, so many different levels and different layers, and you know it. You know it. It's so good to have a film that is so enjoyable and so beautiful and everything else. But as you say, when you come out of the cinema, you just want to talk about it. You want to, like Rory said, thinking about it for the rest of the week, you know. And as a, uh, I do think there's a place for all types of quality cinema. I just hope we get more like this because it was it was just, a, just a, a, an instant classic for me. And I hope, like Rory's mentioned, I hope it does get a lot of success in terms of you know, in terms of awards and things purely because I think the director and the people involved deserve it, but also hopefully that'll encourage more more people to see it. Obviously it'll get a big boost now with the AI Movie Night coming out, so I'm sure the the box office will shoot up now.
2: Hey hundred (laughs) percent. I just before before we wrap man, I do have to mention it's I think Carla Jury who's the daughter, Descartes' daughter. I thought the memory sequence and uh, oh, the sequence and interaction so with Kay yeah. was just so good. Um, she obviously had a small part, and I completely didn't get it either. It's <laughs> just being honest. I was so engrossed in the film that I I was convinced that Kay was the child for a period. Um, I think you everyone is, like don't you? You want him to
0: be. Yeah, you want him yeah. to be. Everyone yeah,
2: is. you want him to be, but obviously they did put it right in your face and it was her and you didn't even i didn't take it at all um, which is it's, it completely got me and the the memory you know, the memory scene of him with a child and the, the kind of wooden carving and stuff i thought was so good and I, I thought it was so clever about the ideas of memory implants and and that she was the, the kind of memory creator and uh, yeah i and, and her but you're right world. That, that, her that, virtual that ri-
0: world. That reveal is, is very the end of the usual suspects, isn't it? I love that. It's yeah. Just, that's just, uh, it's, it's just falling out in front of me. And like, like Joe says, you, you're you gutted for him, you know, it's brilliant.
2: Yeah, I was gutted for him. There was a lot of clever misdirection in this film, actually. It wasn't, you know, you, you felt like it was going a certain way and you had your mind made up and then there was a couple of clever twists and turns and they weren't, they weren't completely juxt- juxtapositioned. They were, they were subtle at times, but it was, it was really clever storytelling Um, and I think like I said earlier it's just the kind of film that needs patience now when I watch it again I don't want to watch it and be knackered and fall asleep halfway through and then refinish it another night you really need to give it your attention it's that kind of film that deserves I think it deserves a cinema visit I think it's a film that should be seen on the biggest screen you can really and that's why I, I hope more people do and I think the Oscar buzz and then maybe it'll get a, a big hit re-release. You never know. Um, I'm hoping that will happen. It does deserve it, in my opinion.
0: And, and Movie Night Boost as well.
1: Oh, of course, of course. Yeah. <laughs> just
2: millions of flock then. Just millions <laughs> easily, of
1: people. Easily, easily. And I love, with, with what you said as well, I love the fact that, you know, obviously we were all rooting for it to be him and then it's the reveal and it's not him. I love that, you know his arc is that he knows it. He knows he's not this special one. Yeah. But he does what he can to help somebody else complete their journey, and to help two other people feel. You know complete selfless
0: yeah you know earlier on joe uh, i think it's a phrase that says dying for the right cause it's the most human yeah. thing we can do that's brilliant because yeah. that's exactly oh, yeah. you, you see him there in the snow at the end you go oh brilliant you know it's just just ties up everything ties together so so gorgeously in this film is
2: yeah so, that as well there's kind of no like the first film left a lot of things uh which we discussed up to guests you know at the end i think this film I think you'd be feel cheated after two hours and forty five minutes if you tie everything off. But yeah. you know, it it did do a good job of thinking. Okay, if they don't make any more, and I'm sure we'd love them to. Um, maybe they will in thirty five years when they come to their senses. But uh, if they don't make any more, then I think you feel like you've got enough out of the both of them to to feel satisfied anyway.
1: Yeah. Would you want to see a a sequel? Obviously, it's set up with a potential sequel, with a potential battle between, you know, to liberate the replicants. Would you want to see a sequel, Rory?
2: I I think potentially. I think that... I'm not sure this film fits. You know, I, I... a sequel that, that would be like a battle, like you mentioned, it it might be heavy on the action elements. And I don't think these films are that. I, I think they're more story narrative driven, you know, um, more dramas than, than, than action as such. So I'm, I'm not sure which way it would go. I think, I think the world is in itself has got so much scope. And if, if they want to make more films in this style and in this vein, I I'm, I'm on board really. I, I you know, and if it's Villeneuve, then I don't believe he he put a foot wrong because, as Trev said, the guy just he, he can't stop making great films at the minute, and I, I don't think he will anytime soon. And yourself, Trev?
0: It'd be one hundred percent dependent on that last thing Rory mentioned. If it's if it's if it's Denny Villeneuve, yeah. Otherwise, uh, it'd be a no for me, and obviously. I also, I don't know if I'm not anxious to see any more Jared Leto, that Niander Wallace um, character. I'm kind of done with that. I think it worked out okay; it was fine. But when you when you found out that at, at the movie's inception, David Bowie was the person who's supposed to be that character, it just makes you go, "Oh God, that would have been brilliant," you know? Oh, it would have been perfect. Yeah, that would have worked. Um, yeah, there's so, occasional
2: casting. That's the only slight. Like, like, he divined opinion a lot, but I think he's the only one that I, I wasn't quite convinced by. I think he played his role as he as he, he should have done, but. I think maybe another actor might have got more out of it or maybe taken it in a different direction, which would have been a little bit more interesting.
0: Might have been more interesting, yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Well, I think that's a really good place to end. So thanks very much to you both for coming on. and I've really enjoyed chatting to you both. Where can people find more of your work, Rory? Have you got anything coming up that people might want to
2: check out? Uh, me and Stuart doing a review of Punisher next week I know it's only just come out but we're both okay. sad and watched it very quickly um, <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, <laughs> it's it's an addiction compulsive thing I buy into the whole Netflix binge watch mentality but um, uh, we're doing that next week on our podcast and yeah I don't know I don't need to talk football at some stage but it's just It's just, it's painful, you know? It's just too (laughs) painful at times. I don't know how Trev does it. I admire him greatly. Although he's speaking (laughs) to some excellent people who probably have a very more optimistic outlook than. Some of the rest of our fan base at this current moment in time. That leads us nicely on to you, Trev. Uh, obviously, you've been doing a hell of
0: a lot of uh, exciting things lately. Anything people should particularly check out? Well, I know Gags does not ad for Anfield Index Pro at the end of all of these podcasts on the on the on the on the, on the free channel. So I, I won't I won't double up. I would say actually give give your attention if you could at all to the free show that I do, which is the Anfield Index podcast, the the, the original, the daddy, and um, it's it's we have a nice kind of freedom with it, and it doesn't have to. Be be rigidly match review or match preview, and we can have some interesting discussions. Yeah. Seventy sitcoms was the most late, late the latest one nice. we chatted but about. You know, this is the type of thing that we get into, and and and, and it's it's a good kind of panel of of, of folk that have got on there. And Rory, if you want to talk football, just come on. Same with you, Joe, and we'll uh, we'll 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 we'll, uh, we'll kick back and, and talk football. So yeah, Anfield Index podcast go, get get onto that. It's free and it's uh, nice in your ears. Mm-hmm thanks thanks
1: to you both i thoroughly recommend that everybody checks out rory and trev's work i'm sure you already do but if you don't you should do because you know it's outstanding can't praise them enough for the work they're putting out um if you'd like to put any recommendations or any feedback anything like that i'm on twitter at joe simpson 79 or at ai movie night feedback always welcome as i say film recommendations as well is, is another thing i always value and um, thanks to everyone for listening